rest of us take out your Bibles and open to two places, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and then Genesis 22, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and Genesis chapter 22, and I have the mighty army coming behind me here. You know, the Lord blessed us this week with a new water feature in the hallway. <laughs> We like waterfalls outside, right? Not on the inside. So we're trying to make sure that they're all dry. It's a good way to look at it, right? Things that leak that we never had a leak here. Leaked here and there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Remember, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. I'm challenging myself this year to read the Bible through a different translation so that it just doesn't become common. In fact, even today when I was reading one of our communion verses, I read it knowing it out of the New King James, and I thought, oh, I skipped over that word there because that's English Standard Version. And uh, so it says this in Hebrews 12 to looking to Jesus, the verse we're going to read every Sunday, you're, read it all year long uh, because we're focused and we're looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. And then we've been reading this one too, Romans 15, 4, says, For whatever was written in former days, this is talking about the Old Testament, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It was written for your instruction, written for your endurance, and written to be an encouragement to you. Remember, we're not under all the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled that. But even as we read today in Genesis 22, it's in there to instruct us, to teach us, to show us how to endure. Abraham and Sarah are going to endure on God's promise for 25 years, right? 25 years. But they walked with God. They're listed as people that had faith in God. And there was an encouragement because God would lead out and speak to his heart. So Genesis chapter 22, turn there with me. Let me read these first 15 verses, and then we'll go on from there. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 says this. Now remember, Isaac has been born. Um, we're going to guess he's somewhere around 12 or 13 years old. Isaac is the promise from Genesis chapter 12. And you'll notice this about God. Every time God has been dealing with people in Genesis, right from the beginning, he wants them to be fruitful, and he wants them to multiply. It's the same thing he tells Noah. It's the same thing we read over and over. He is into descendants and children and great-grandchildren and great-great-great-grandchildren. He is into people. He loves people. So we read this. And these things God tested Abraham. There we go. Oh, who likes tests? Anybody? Any student that's like, you know, I can't wait for Monday morning. I got the biggest test of the semester. I just can't wait. I don't even know if I'll sleep tonight. I'm so excited. No, nobody likes tests. Tests are stressful times. Tests, even like my son, when, when uh, and, and it all 
wasn't on the study guide. She put stuff in there that wasn't on the study guide. And I said, I t- used to tell your sister this all the time. They always do that, right? Don't believe your teacher. They're lying to you. No, teachers aren't lying. They're not lying. You're just not studying. Don't just go off the study guide. Nobody likes a test, but God tested Abraham. And he said, Abraham. And he said, notice what he says. Here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I tell you. Wow. Now, I do want to say this. Uh, Never has God taught or instructed people to do sacrifices of people, especially children here. In fact, He rebukes it in several of scriptures of those that used to do that. So this is such an out-of-the-box thing for Abram to hear. And so we read this down in verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place that God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Let me read that again. Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went, so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here am I, your son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand And took the knife to slaughter the son. But, here's what we're going to love to see in scripture, right? But, we're going to read that. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear the Lord. For now I know that you fear the Lord. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide as it is to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. 
So, Lord, we thank you for these scriptures. They are our instruction, our teacher, our encouragement, our strength today. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to every part. You know what we need to hear today. And, Lord, let it be said of us like Abraham, for now I know. For now I know. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. This summer when I was going to India and we got in late at night and we were traveling uh, to the hotel that we were staying in, we went down this one street. In fact, I think I had videos posted of it. And it was block upon block upon block upon block of sheep and goats. And I thought it was like farmers that had come in for the night. No, it was a Muslim celebration that was going to happen at the end of the week where they go and they purchase a sheep or the goat and they slaughter it to honor Abraham's faith when he took Isaac to sacrifice it. Now, you might say, oh, well, if you know anything about uh, their background, they link to Ishmael. They don't link to Isaac. Isaac is out of where we get the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. But they honored Abraham's faith because they looked to Abraham as a father in the faith. Interesting that they would look at his faith today. So we're going to look at Abraham's faith in what he did. You know, uh, when you get these instructions that you're to take your son, the, this promised child, and God says you're going to take him to the place that I'm going to show you again, and you're going to sacrifice him, you probably thought, you know what, I think I heard that wrong. Have you ever had a really weird dream through the night? Anybody? I'll tell my, I had the weirdest dream last night. I should have never eaten that pepperoni pizza. I, sh I shouldn't have had the coffee at 11 o'clock at night. I had this weird dream. You know, and I wonder if Abraham was thinking, did, did I hear that right? That can't be God to go sacrifice my son. You know, and I'm going to bind him up. So the thing that we first read in the Bible is it says Abraham arose late in the day. He slept in as long as he could sleep. No, it said he rose up early. He was going to do what God asked him to do. I tell you what, you and I would have hit the snooze button three million times to put that day off, to make sure I think I heard that wrong. But he began to follow what God said. He's going to travel three days, probably 50 miles, and they're going to have to ascend 2,500 feet. He's going to have to cut all the wood, which he does by himself. He's going to have to carry the fire. He's going to have to have the knife. He's going to have to have his son for three days, and he's going to think about it for three days about what he's about to do, but he's going to follow and he's going to trust God. You know, Isaac doesn't say much except at the very end. You know, when when my kids were little, in fact, the, the one story is Madison. Madison, and I believe it was her first tooth that was waiting to come out. It had been waiting so long to come out, it was like almost hanging out of her mouth on the root still. And she would not let us touch her tooth. You try, try to get it in the middle of the night, you know, they're sound asleep, you know, mouth open, and you try to go get the tooth, and they wake up, what are you doing, Right? Try to get that tooth bugs me. So one day, I, on the couch, in fact, I think it was a Sunday, I think it was after church, I, I was playing a game with her. We were blindfolding one another. 
And so we were going to blindfold one another, tell a story to one another, but I had pliers in the back of my pocket. And the game was, you know, when she got the blindfold on, that tooth was coming out because it bothered me. You know, people, hey, have you, have you seen, is your daughter okay? Yeah, what? She's got this, like, tooth hanging out. I know, it's getting black and... You know, some, we need to get that thing out. So that, that's how I went. Finally got her blindfolded, and I pulled the pliers out, and I yanked that thing out, and she screamed, right? Ah! And I said, well, I'll, I'll take you to the store, and I'll get you a movie. Okay, great. But don't tell mom, right? So you know what she does when Michelle gets home? She tells mom. From that day on, she never let me touch one of her teeth. And the story got passed down to my son. My son would not ever let me get near his teeth. He wanted nothing to do. And I said, you know, I can get that out real easy. Yeah, I bet you can. You know, you're, you're going to sleep sometime tonight and I can get it out. You're not touching my mom can do it. I ruined it because of that. I wanted to, wanted to fix it, right? I wonder if Abraham is trying to think that. How can I fix this? How can I take what's the this precious promise that we've waited for and we stumbled around and we've laughed at God and we tried our way and we've come back and God has had a covenant with us. He's changed our names. He's made us remember the promise and now he wants me to lay it down. You know, the word sacrifice, many times the only thing we know about sacrifice is how to spell the word. Abraham knows something now about sacrifice. And in his heart, he's willing to do whatever God tells him to do, even if it seems so bizarre. There's no arguing with God. There's no bargaining with God. There's no back and forth on anything they have to say. He's not resisting. He's not even doubting. He gets up early to make his way on out. He gets up early. You know, we always told our kids this when they were little. Listen and obey on the first time. Right? Listen and obey on the first time. Many of us need to hear that from the God. Listen and obey on the first time. You know, God's been telling me that for the last 20 years. Well, listen and obey on the very first time. Abraham gets up early. He gets two servants with him. He packs up Isaac. He cuts the wood himself. Now, if it had been me, I would have forgot something on purpose. You know, I forgot the wood, God. I had to go back three days. You know, oh, you know, God, I forgot the knife. I need to go back three days. You know, God, I don't have a knife. I gave up knives. You know, you, you come up with every single, it's, I forgot Isaac again. I forgot him again. You know, God, it's been 30 days. It's for another plan. But Abraham gets up early. In fact, uh, Genesis 22, verse 3 says, He cut the wood for the burnt offering, arose, and went to the place of which God had told him. He's got no helpers. He wants them to stay here. He wants nobody to interfere. You know, you and I would do this. If you saw somebody doing something this wacky to a kid, you'd jump in, wouldn't you? You know, honey, today I, I, I saw this guy trying to sacrifice his son. And I was going to stop, but, you know, I, I had to get going. You wouldn't do that. You'd stop, wouldn't you? You'd stop. He wanted no interference. Servants stay here. But I love what he says. Uh, we will come back. 
we'll be coming back. We're going to go ahead and we're going to worship, but we're going to come back. You know, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 11, in fact, uh, many of your translations have it right. Mine doesn't. The angel of the Lord is typically capitalized. Uh, and the angel of the Lord, when we read this, is not uh, the guardian, one of the guardian angels, Gabriel. It's not one of the warring angels, Michael. The angel of the Lord, when we read this, is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. When we read angel of the Lord. In fact, we'll get to that in just a minute. Because Abraham's faith in God wasn't just in a promise that God said. His faith was in who God was. He knew who God was. He knew that if God gave a promise, he would follow the promise, not just because of the words, but because who said the words. And I'm sure that Abraham had a different picture of, it, of how his whole life and family and an outcome would happen. He didn't have a picture that God would say, oh, by the way, I'm going to, in 25 years, I'm going to throw something at you that you're really not going to believe, but you need to do it. He trusted what God said because he knew the person of God. He knew when God spoke, he would quickly say, here I am. You know, I asked myself that question, do I have the same assurance that Abraham did? Would I trust that God would provide everything that I would need? So let's let this sink in. If we trust that he's going to take care of everything, then our waiting looks different. Our waiting is we're waiting with a patience because we know that we can endure because we know who God is. Our waiting makes us listen more intently. So when God says, Abraham, Abraham, he says, here I am. When God calls out and Samuel doesn't know God's voice yet, he, he, little Samuel knows that somebody's talking to him. Waiting makes us listen to God's voice closely. Waiting makes us deepen relationship and trust as he prepares to make the changes within us. Think about this. In fact, let's read uh, the ending of this story here in Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. In fact, let me back up to verse 14. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abram a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the, of the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because what? Because you obeyed my voice. Now here's where we read again the angel of the Lord. If it was any angel, the angel... You think, who does he think he is saying we've sworn by our name? They can't say that. This is that example given to us of even Jesus in the Old Testament where it says those exact words. By myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, because you have obeyed my voice, all of these things will happen because you have obeyed. And that's why I love when I read there in verse 12. 
For now I know that you fear God. 25 years of being faithful and leaving everything, following somebody you've never followed in your life at 75. But I'm going to follow what he says to do. I'm going to go to a land that I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to take Lot. I'm going to go down to Egypt. I'm going to lie about my wife, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to make altars of worship before the Lord. I'm going to get back on track and God's going to have a covenant with me. God's going to show me a covenant. God's going to change my name and God's going to ask me to lay down the very thing that I was believing him for. But he says, for now, I know that you fear me because Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord. You know, it's interesting. He doesn't say, hey, Sarah, I just want to let you know. I'm going to go sacrifice Isaac. I'll be back in about six days. All right, honey, give me a kiss on the cheek. Love you. He doesn't say anything to anybody. Even Isaac's a little confused, but Isaac shows that he's going to trust that his father, Abraham, hears from the Lord. Oh, boy, our kids and the people around us, let us show them that they can trust because that they know that we hear from the Lord. You know, as we talk every week, we are going to look to Jesus. That, that is why we go back in the Old Testament, because we want to see all of the things we want to look to Jesus. But I want to read you the story first. There's a story of a newly licensed pilot, and he was flying his private plane in a very cloudy, stormy day. He was not very experienced in instrument landing. When the control tower was to bring him in, he began to get panicked. Then a stern voice came over the radio and said, you just obey the instructions and we'll take care of the obstructions. You obey the instructions. We'll take care of the obstructions. Here's what we're to do before God. We're to obey his instructions. He'll take care of everything else. Because he says he'll make the crooked places straight. How is he going to do that? I'm just to worry about what he instructs me to do. He'll take care of the rest of those. You know, we look at Jesus and we could go through it. We don't have time to go through it. But we could look at all the similarities of what Abraham had to do. That he had to sacrifice his only son. That Isaac had to carry the wood on his back. Sound familiar? That before he was sacrificed, a ram was presented as a sacrifice. Here, God the Father was going to sacrifice his own son, but he wasn't going to stop to provide something else, a substitute. Jesus was going to be the sacrifice. Jesus would carry that wood on his back all the way through to where he was being crucified. And he did it as a sacrifice for all mankind. But you know what we read here when we read the angel of the Lord speaking out a second time that he has sworn? I think of a mediator that we have, an intercessor that we have. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. The mediator, the one that prays for us. The one that walked through a very similar situation. But I love what John 8 says. Jesus said that he had the authority from his father to either to lay his life down. 
Nobody could do that but him. He said, I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to raise it up, and the Father gave me that power. There was no change in Jesus. There was no getting out of what he had to do. He was going to do it because he understood when we read Hebrews 12, he understood of the joy that was before him. He understood of all of these descendants upon descendants that could be free from how Satan had bound them. As we say today, the chains that they've been set free. And he did it anyways. A sacrifice of sacrifice. We don't have to go to Mount Moriah to go worship him because he lives within us. In fact, A.W. Tozer said this, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we only plan the things that we can do by ourselves. Let me read that again. A.W. Tozer. God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. Abraham needed God to provide this plan. And you know what he said every time? Here I am. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Father, I pray as we read and we've read through Genesis chapter 22 and we read these Old Testament scriptures that you're taking people that have little understanding of you. You're asking them to do impossible things. And as we see in here, and it took Abraham some time, he believed you. And then you said those words, for now I know that you fear the Lord. Father, I pray in every one of our own lives, every one of us are in different places, places that you've placed us in. But Father, let us not walk in the mundane. Let us not get comfortable. Let us come back to you so that we can see the impossible that only can happen because of you. But you look to us to walk it out in this life. Lord, and we know this, that what we do for you always affects people. Because people are your heart. People are your heart. So Lord, place in us, even those that, that we converse with, even those that we reach out to, knowing that our time is short. But God, use us to do the impossible and let it be said of us. For now I know, because they fear the Lord. Let it be said of us when God said so, we quickly say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Oh, that sounds crazy, but here I am. I'll go for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me if you want. We're going to close with